Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. So say goodbye. It's Independence Day. It's Independence Day. All 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And you know, Casey, we have talked about this a couple times now uh, over the past week. There is this, I mean, just super egregious thing going on with the state of Indiana and the my cu- shocked face oh yeah right i mean the cutting off of dollars going to parents who are taking care of their severely disabled kids mm-hmm. and we said this sort of thing was coming for a long time because of course during covid when the legalized vote buying stuff was going on like it was going out of style they put all of these people at no business be on government insurance on government insurance and we said at the time that money is going to run out eventually and somebody's going to pay for it and sadly it appears holcomb administration state of indiana has decided the people who care for parents who care for severely disabled kids are who's going to pay because they're choking off the money that they give to these kids and i look We've had so many people reach out about this over the past week, and we've talked about this a little bit, but I said, we got to have somebody come in who actually is experiencing this, who actually knows what's going on, Mm -hmm. and we found somebody brave enough to do that. Her name is Amy Roach. She joins us now. Amy, hello. Hello, Rob. Thanks for having me. Okay, so you're perfect for this because not only are you a parent (laughs) of a uh, disabled child, but you're also a nurse. Absolutely. So you can speak to this from multiple perspectives. So kind of very high level, because this is a complex thing. We got about, you know, 12 minutes to talk about this. Explain how you guys found out about this and explain how this is impacting parents across Indiana. Okay. So, Rob, back in uh, 2017, um, a lot of states adopted this medically complex warriors program. Basically, states were recognizing that there was no nursing staff available, no home care staff available for these kids. And when I talk about these kids that are disabled, many of these kids can't even access public school systems. They are too severe. They're trached, they're vented, they're feeding tubes. You're, you're not talking about a kid who has some sort of developmental delay or doesn't read right. Or, I mean, you're talking about ki- people who physically cannot care for themselves. Correct, correct. These kids are requiring hours upon hours, if not 24-hour care, every single day. So the states recognized this and they said, hey, we don't have the nursing staff that these kids really need, the registered nurses. Um, So you as parents, you know these kids the best. You know their signs. You know their symptoms. You know what these kids need in a day, and you know how to adequately provide this care. And the state has said, we want these kids to have family-centered care. We want them to be in their homes because the states have also shut down almost every facility in the state. Um, nursing facilities for these kids. There's and, n- there's no place for them. And, and someone n- n- now, not you specifically, because I know your your ex husband is very involved as well, and, yeah. and you have family that can help. But a lot of these parents who don't have the infrastructure, maybe like you do, they have to quit working to take care of these kids full time. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, and I think that um, I have told people before. I, I have been at work, and my ex husband has called me and said, "Hey, like there's something really wrong." Um, and if it weren't for him knowing and knowing our child well enough to know, hey, there's a problem. If I had a random caregiver in my home, my son may not be here today. Yeah. 
Um, so it's just having that awareness always of I know my kid, parents know their kids, being that continuity of care, of keeping these kids out of the hospitals. And I think that is what the state is not understanding, is that by having parents in in the control of their kids' health, they're taking them to appointments, they're they're monitoring them constantly. I can't count how many trips to the emergency room, doctors, those sorts of things that have been prevented because I've been the one caring for him. Amy Roach is our guest, and we're talking about this just horrible plan by the state of Indiana to choke choke off money going to parents who are caring for their severely disabled children. So this seemed like a good idea, and you spell it out, and, you know, part of why you went to nursing school was so that you could do this better for your, your son, and now you're helping others. At what point do they come to you and say, this isn't working or we're not going to do this anymore? And did they give you a reason? So this summer, it was very interesting. The state did a lot of um, studies, a lot of research, um, a lot of data collection on um, the need for this program. And with that, they did a, a rate increase. So they actually just over the summer said, you know what, this program is in such need Here's the funding we have. We're going to increase the rates. So the, the money of, you get. Correct. Yeah. And so for a lot of these people, we, they were $10, $12 an hour. And then so now it's like, oh, we're going to give $14 an hour. The state gave incentives to these home health care companies to hire more nurses, to hire more staff. So wait, wait, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I think it's important <laughs> that when we talk about parents getting paid, we're not talking about, hey, you're making $100 an hour. It's $14 an hour. And they're paying taxes on it. And you never find I'm, somebody to do it for that amount of money. Right. Yeah. Correct. Oh, there's nobody. There is nobody who would do our jobs for $14 an hour. I wouldn't do it for $14 an hour, but hey, I mean, he's <laughs> my kid. And I don't have anyone qualified yeah. to do it. So what changed? So January comes along. And they suddenly say, oh, we're going to take this waiver and we're still going to give it to you. So we're not taking it away. So don't don't get all uptight, everybody. We're still going to give it to you. You just have to find an outside provider to do it. You have to find a friend. You have to find an aunt, a family member, someone else to take care of your child. And then we're happy to pay. Wait, wait. So, so you like you as a nurse, you're hyper qualified to do this. Correct. You've gone to specific schooling for this. And they're saying to you, hey, we're still going to give you the money, but you, we don't want you to do it? Makes What's... It makes no sense, Rob. Why? Did, did they give a reason? They are not. Well, their reason is this whole budget situation right. of like, we're, we don't have the money that we forecasted incorrectly. Oh, Casey, what's the <laughs> least favorite part of our show, Casey? Oh, when we're right. You, so, so, so that's But that's pathetic. So this you, is horrible. But, so they're, it, but they're also not telling you or telling us that the transparency is not there of like, here's the funds that we put forth towards this program. But wait, we also moved billions of dollars to the general fund. Right. Like, so the numbers that they're giving us are not what they're not being transparent right. with where the money actually is going. It did not all go to this program. Yeah. And, and this is the thing that I think people need to understand. And, and I, I know in case you would hop in here, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is what people need to understand. State government is a mess. Like this state that works stuff or next level or whatever phrase of the week they're coming up with. This place is a disaster. And this is the tip of the iceberg, Amy, where they just got caught mm-hmm. and they can't hide. And now they've got to make people like you suffer. Now, yep. Amy, is this a situation where you can fire yourself as his mom and then rehire yourself as a nurse or have your husband be the main caregiver and then him hire you 
So right now, as as my son is a minor, mm-hmm. um, as minors, there is no loopholes yet. If you are the parent of a minor child, you are out of luck. In order to use these attendant care hours, you have to find someone else outside of your family who is not legally responsible for that child. Now, this looks a little different if these children turn 18 and then you are suddenly a legal guardian appointed by the state. So wait, so just to clarify, because that's a lot of information, and Casey asked a great question here. So when your son turns 18, you because you have custody of your son, even though your ex-husband's super involved because you're Correct. the primary caregiver, right. you could go to your ex-husband and say, can you take him legally? Correct. And then you could still, he could still live at your house. Correct. And you could still take care of him. Correct. But because legally on a piece of paper, Shane is the guardian, uh-huh. then you could make $40 an hour. Correct. <laughs> it, it, wow. Robert makes absolutely no sense. Um, and I don't think the state quite understands the people that they're dealing with. One, that we are going to fight tooth and nail for what our kids need and mm-hmm. deserve. And two, I don't think they're looking at also the impact financially of how this program has worked. Everyone wants to talk about how, how all the bad things and, and what, you know, they're taking it away. But let's also look at how, how it's worked. It has kept so many of these kids out of hospitals mm-hmm. using Medicaid funds. It's kept these kids in their homes. It's provided parents with jobs, 401ks, insurance. These are these are employees. They are hired through agencies to work for these children. So there's a lot of benefits to this program, too, that I don't think the state is looking at and how that's going to impact going forward when they take this away. Amy Roach is our guest, and she is a mother of a very disabled child, and uh, she is being impacted potentially as many, many people are about to be impacted by this change where they're going to basically cut off payments to parents who have trained themselves, who are capable of caring for these kids in in their homes. Okay, so when does this start? Because they're still taught, it's like... uh, it's like a Christmas Carol, right? Maybe Holcomb will be visited by the ghosts of <laughs> decent governors, past, present, future, and change something here, right? Yes. This hasn't started yet. So, you know, we all thought they, they told us July 1st. And so we're all like, okay, we got a little bit of time. And there we can make plans. We can sort of see what we can come up with to still um, provide this care to our kids in a safe manner. However, um, I have already started receiving phone calls from Mm -hmm. the state and my case managers for my son um, saying initially they're going to start cutting hours immediately. They're going to start cutting hours. So every every family gets a certain amount of hours um, and it depends on the severity of your child's needs. So you don't get paid around the clock. No, no. A lot of this you're not even getting paid for. Um, And so what they're doing now is they're saying, okay, well, we're going to start cutting your hours. You might get 20 hours a week now, and we're going to taper this until we get to July. Um, And so it's just a mess. They're they're telling us we have till July, but ultimately it's it's impacting families immediately. They're they're already starting to cut funds. And you even said that the state did a study and said that if they removed parents from the situation, like yourself, they don't even have enough people to be able to provide the care no. because there's not enough certified caregivers who have the knowledge. Correct. They did the research. They did the studies. And in 2020, they released a document that said they gave all of this data about how many hours of direct care these children require. They did the studies on how many nurses we have in the state, how many home health aides we have in the state, how many skilled nursing facilities we have that these children could potentially 
go to if they didn't have the care that they needed. And the state recognized the demand Mm -hmm. and they created the program. So they said, essentially, we need the parents. We understand the parents can't uh, do full-time jobs because caring for the disabled child is a full-time job. Correct. So we're going to pay them. Correct. And now they have turned around and said... Uh, we can't afford to pay you anymore, mm-hmm. but if you give legal guardianship of your child to someone else, we'll pay that person who cares for them more. Yeah, as an adult, if you give legal guardianship to someone else, absolutely. But as minors, we don't. I, when, as long as my kid is a minor, I, I'm, I'm out of luck. No one in my family is providing care. It has to be. It could be you. It could be Rob. <laughs> That's the last thing you want. I mean, exactly, Robin. Let's talk about the fact that we've seen what this does when people who are not the parents are caring for these mm-hmm. kids who are nonverbal, who cannot do anything yeah. for themselves. They're eating. They're they're being made to eat vomit. Yeah, in, in the school in Brownsburg, right? And, and I it, mean, it's it's scary. Well, and Casey and I had this conversation the other day. Like, obviously, I'm a new parent, and thankfully, thus far, my child has been very blessed to be healthy and and and. But I think about the involvement of just being a parent for a baby that doesn't thus far show any signs of developmental disabilities. And I think about the around the clock stress that that is. I can't imagine what you guys go through. And I've seen your son grow up and how you guys have cared for him. And it blows my mind, even as competent and as evil as Holcomb and the rest of those goons around him are, that they would do that. Like it is even for them. It's like. Wow. They did the research on the the parenting aspect, Rob, and it's in this document that they released. It shows the rates of depression, anxiety, sleep deprivation, um, just the mental health um, challenges that families with these highly complex children face. Mm -hmm. The data is astronomical. Okay, so before we let you go... Um, we got to do something, yeah. right? And we have this little bitty radio show that maybe seven people are listening oh, to. Stop. We don't know. <laughs> but we want to do what we can. So what should people do? Because I think every person, whether they have a child with developmental disabilities or not, because just from a pure, one, humanity standpoint, obviously, but even if you're a person with no humanity, like many people accuse me of being, the fiscal impact on this, it seems incredibly stupid like with what you just laid out, yeah. that all you would have to do is just change a piece of paper and then you're making $40 an hour instead of 14 If a program's working and people are happy with it and it seems fiscally responsible, people, everybody needs to engage and support you guys on this. How can they do that? You know, I think for a lot of us, um, we're just urging the state to look at their numbers again. They're looking at how much money went out because of this program. But let's also, I urge the state to look at what is going to happen financially when they take this away? What is that impact going to be when all of these families file unemployment because they are employed through these home health agencies? Um, let's look at the impact of our kids' health and what the rates of hospitalizations of these kids, abuse of these kids. Um, I think if they really look hard at the numbers of what the trickle-down effect is going to be, they might change their mind. And I think as parents, we are pushing for let's just hold up Let's take a look at these numbers. Let's take a look at this ripple effect of what is going to happen. And let's come to some sort of, you know, agreement here about maybe what you're giving us is is too much. 
but do we have to take it away? Okay, so here's what we're going to do, Casey, because, yeah. you know, we're very fair people on this show, mm-hmm. and we have no general bias against the politicians. We try to treat all of them with <laughs> dignity and respect. I think we should give out the governor's phone number, oh. and I think we should have everybody call the governor's mm-hmm. office, and I think they should tell the governor's office we're calling on behalf of children that you and the parents that you are about to totally screw over. Does that seem fair? Sounds you know fair me. To me. I yeah. never want to be unfair with the governor. <laughs> yeah. So when you, you call, you've heard this interview, um, call the governor's office and say, I am calling on behalf of disabled children who can't fend for themselves and their parents and demand that you guys not choke off their money. Would that be fair? Would that yeah, be, yeah. is that a good description? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all just, we just want a compromise of some sort. Like, I feel like there's been no compromise. There's been no conversations. And when they were directly asked in their last meeting, how many families is this going to impact? And what is that impact going to be? No one would answer. Yeah, and they never do. So here's the phone number that they've got on the governor's website. And it really says it's under the, uh, ask Eric tab. So I think you're asking Eric not mm-hmm. to screw over Look at uh, the parents and children. Mm-hmm. All right, 317-232-4567. So that number again is 317-232-4567. One more time, because don't they say we got to give the phone number three times, three for, times. It to, for it to register? Yep. little marketing trick there. Eric Holcomb's Th- phone number. 317-232-4567. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven. And Amy, whatever we can do in yeah. the meantime, you let us know. You guys, we've had so many parents reach out about this. It's gross what they're doing. And we so appreciate you being the uh, the person who raised their hand and said, sure, I will gladly come in and talk about this. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Rob. So thank you very much. We appreciate you. Thanks, Rob. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.